0: Welcome to the Member Engagement Show, the podcast for association professionals, brought to you by HireLogic. I'm your host, Kelly Whalen, and in each episode, we'll talk to guests whose expertise will help you gain new members, boost retention, and deepen member involvement, all goals that can transform your organization. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And visit us at HireLogic.com slash podcasts to catch the best of past episodes. Now, let's start the show. Hi, everyone. I'm here with another fascinating episode of the Member Engagement Show. Today, I'm joined by Martha Jack, HireLogic's Director of Design Services. Martha specializes in building communities that not only look great, but are designed to help users engage and support the objectives of their associations. Martha came to HireLogic through our acquisition of eConverse Media, where she was the owner for 14 years. And she's worked with countless clients, especially associations, to create synergy between their website and communities and help them build loyalty and engagement with customers and members. So I'm really thrilled to be talking with Martha today about community and web strategies for associations. Welcome, Martha. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself?
1: Thank you, Kelly. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm a big fan of podcasts as a medium in general, and this is my very first time participating in one. My background academically in the beginning of my career is in community management. So initially I was working with customers on community management, moderation, the strategy of their communities. And uh, through that process, items would come up related to the user experience, the design of the site. I thought, why isn't anybody making these sites look like anything? The technology exists within within the platform um, for people to be adding, adding code, moving stuff around, customizing it to, to their needs, and nobody's really doing that so much. Um, so I, it felt like an important piece of the puzzle, and so I built that team, but with my background of community management. So we're looking to build sites that know, look great, follow an organization's branding, meeting the objectives of, of why they got community in the first place, um, but making it really easy for their members to engage with it as well.
0: From my experience in an association space, we didn't necessarily, when we first got community, we didn't necessarily have like a community background. So we were looking to expand into having a really robust online community. And I think having the support of someone explaining why that community design and implementing best practices would have been really helpful for us at that time.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's so specific to the, the need of the individual organization. Um, that's that's one of the, the things we ask in a discovery call is, why did you get community in the first place? And the most typical answer is that ability for members to connect and share knowledge. But for some other organizations, it's more about the peer-to-peer networking and helping people make connections. Sometimes it's more about easy access to resources. Sometimes it's about the um, members ability to easily do their volunteer working group kind of stuff, whether whether that is a, a committee, a chapter, or some other type of component. Um, and so all of those things kind of drive, like, well, what do people see when they land on the page?
0: And I think that um, kind of gets into one of my first questions, which is why community design is important. Because I think maybe on the surface, people think, oh, design just makes it look pretty. But I think you're kind of touching on the fact that, design is important to function as well.
1: Yes, absolutely, um, and to kind of drive people to the actions that you want them to take and to really be taking uh, the best advantage of the um, of the platform. Out of the box, ca- things are kind of set up as common denominator best practices, right? And that might not be exactly what every organization needs to meet their goals, um, so to really be marrying, marrying those things. One of the things that's also really important to my team when we're working with a customer is that their community is going to be sustainable. By that, I don't mean something environmentally friendly. What I mean (laughs) is that it's going to grow with you. If there's something we know about uh, uh, associations is their needs change over the year. Right, maybe there's a big membership push. Maybe the push is the big the big annual meeting heading into that, coming out of it. Um, and so the the site needs to be designed not for a specific snapshot in time, where like, yeah, you you're going to need this big promo spot to promote the event right now. It needs to be something that's going to be more flexible. When the event's done, what's going to go in that place? And so that's something that we definitely consider, too, is how how can this change? How can it be easy for the organization to update moving forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important with so many associations where the staff is kind of having Like they wear multiple hats. I feel like that's the phrase I always used to hear in the association and nonprofit world. Like you're, you're doing six different things. So having a community platform and having your community designed in such a way that it enables you to do your work really in a streamlined way is so important.
1: Yeah. And there's lots of opportunities and things that we can do to automate stuff. Big fan of having, having things kind of work while you sleep, you know, it might come across in, in conversation and discovery that someone wants an area where they can be doing a member spotlight, right. Where they can be highlighting a a particular member and, and work they're doing. And in some ideal situation, would that be something that you update every day Maybe. Is that going to happen? No. <laughs> um, but there's things that we can do to maybe, maybe it randomizes, right? So maybe you can add information about five different members. And every time the page loads, it's going to pull information about a, a different one. So the page will look like it's being updated, but not something that you need to you know go in and, and do on a daily basis. Um, so there's lots of opportunities to, to look for things like that to do. And then just the nature of community, we have all this user generated content. Um, So let's lean heavy into that so that our members can be updating some of the site for us.
0: It seems like great design of your community kind of optimizes that service that your community is providing because it's allowing your members to connect and share and grow. And it's also making it really easy for members to find the different things they might be looking for in the community.
1: Mm finding what information they need is huge. And that's a question we always ask in discovery too, is like, what's your frequently asked questions? What are the things that people call your office about or emailing you about that you're you're answering kind of one off that maybe we can get rid of some of those questions by it just being so easy to find the information. And a lot of people, they will, they know that list. Right? It's like, they can't find these specific templates that people are always wanting. They're all, you know, we're constantly sending out meeting agendas and meeting minutes. And so to just give really easy access to that. Also to personalize it, with like we know so much about the members right we know everything that might be coming over from AMS or a CRM we know everything that they're doing in the community we know everything that they're not doing in the community and so if i am a member who happens to be serving on on a committee let's have some U, ux that's like my committee's And only people who happen to be serving on a committee see that prompt. Um, Once they're, you know, they're no longer serving on a committee, that'll drop out. Um, So kind of thinking ahead to some of those things and what some specific personas might need to be seeing.
0: That seems like a really forward thinking strategy, too, because I feel like something I still remember from a podcast episode I did last year with Reggie Henry was he was talking about how Members aren't just like comparing their experience to your association. They're comparing their experience with your association to all of the online experiences they have. So you're like almost competing with these big like companies like (laughs) Netflix, Amazon. And so it can be easy to think, well, I'm just an association. I don't have to do like every." night nice, like wonderful nice thing but the things that you can do you should do because like that personalization I love that you mentioned that I think that's so important to members and it can be hard to think of like how you would personalize if you're just broadly thinking about personalization but mm-hmm. that's a great example you just made like make it so that when someone logs in the yeah. community the committees they're part of show up right on that homepage. yeah
1: I mean it it just like comparing it to a Netflix, a Amazon, a LinkedIn, whatever you know that your members might be using on a on a daily basis, doesn't mean you need to get complicated with your community. You can right. still keep it really simple, really clean, concentrate on what you need to concentrate on. You don't need to use all the, all the bells and whistles. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I would encourage people not to, right? I'd encourage people to like, okay, at launch, you don't need to have some sort of like big Gamification program. You don't need to have some sort of big blogging program. You can at a later date say, like, hey folks, now we're opening up blogging to for members to participate and and do their own posts. Gives you another opportunity to, to market the community.
0: When you're launching a new tool, I mean it can be really overwhelming just to even think about starting that and prepping for it. And I think maybe a mistake that some association professionals make is thinking that they have to do everything at once, right at the start. And not realizing that there's actually this benefit to like rolling things out over time, like set up the beginning part, and like you said, then you have this opportunity to tell them, "Oh, there's a new thing in the community new now, shiny like, toy." Yeah. yeah, yeah, like jump in there again if yeah. you haven't been in there. Here's this new opportunity to log in.
1: Yeah, and it's a a lot to to bite off launching a community, right? And especially if you've never done it before, especially if this is totally new to your to your organization. So keep it simple. Um, and it, it really is, like, it's funny, i actually in the last week had this conversation a number of times where we've we've got some design projects doing some custom communities for, for various customers and they're just about at launch, right? They're like just ready to get out there. And the, the conversation is like, oh, well, well, what's the process for that? What does it look like? Technically, flip of a switch, right? Like technically not a big deal at all. It's just now you can see it and it lives at this URL and you can share that. So what it really is, is an exercise in communications. What is this? How do I use it? What are we supposed to be doing here? Um, Some folks will take the approach of You know, if we've done a brand new design for an existing community of just, you know, maybe sending some screenshots in the weeks leading up to get people excited, sometimes people just flip the switch and then do a post saying, hey, look, you know, new look and feel. We're super excited about it. Um, But that's the piece that I think takes more effort is like, what is the launch communications look like?
0: As much as I think community draws people in and that's awesome, there's also this opportunity to direct people to it, to like start getting them engaged with it so that then they can keep engaging with it so that you're kind of providing them that first step. You're showing them that first step of saying, hey, you can log in here and these are the benefits you can get. And then I think over time they start to realize the benefits that they're getting by being in there.
1: Yeah. And you're going to have to keep doing that. For, yeah. for a very long time, right? Um, if, if your org is doing something like a membership survey um, and they're saying, you know, okay, well, do you know that we have this benefit and this benefit and kind of measuring awareness of, of the various member benefits that they offer, you know, and I'll, I'll hear from people, like, Man, we've had this community for this many years and we're promoting it so much. And there's still people who like, don't even know that it exists. So to have like a new tool, new functionality, new something to kind of promote. You never know what's gonna draw somebody's attention. That's one thing I know about community management is in in the launch and planning and lead up, we're gonna make a lot of assumptions, right? About how how your members are gonna receive it, how they're gonna use it, what they want there. And maybe in a silo, maybe not. Maybe you have a a communications committee or something that you can kind of loop in on things. But then when it gets out there, you're going to have to pivot, right? And listen Mm -hmm. to the feedback and pivot appropriately. So you never quite know what's going to draw somebody in.
0: Going back to what you said about like keeping those points of engagement to like kind of get them drawn into the community. I think that's one of the things that's so nice about... Higher Logic Thrive community is that there's like the built-in digest function that you know and you can even use smart newsletter that's yeah. sending people an automatic email that reminds them of the things they can find in their community because we at Higher Logic use we actually use a Higher Logic community yes. <laughs> for our internal communication sometimes and it's really nice for me to get those digests in my email because I don't necessarily Maybe someday I'll get to the point of like regularly logging into the community more often. But if I'm not logging in, then that email is still this touch point for me to be like, oh, somebody posted... XYZ thing. I'm gonna want to go in there later and check that out.
1: Absolutely, and it's from our, um, it's from our colleagues and our peers, right? It's not a that that digest email. Obviously, it's a concern for everybody. You know, they don't want to hear that that their members perceive that they're sending too much email. But in in my opinion, those digest emails fall in some other category, right? They're not a push out from the organization. Do they have the organization's logo on it? Yes, but they're not the from the peers and the peers have kind of um, originated the conversation.
0: I think these are a lot of really good tips about um, sort of community value, community management, and bringing it back a little bit more on the community design side What are some of the common association considerations and concerns when you're working with folks um, and they're thinking about their website and online experience that they provide to their members?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, the big things, and especially if you're looking at a community platform, is different than the platform your website is on, right? You've built your website on whatever platform you've built your, your website on. Um, and then you probably have a number of other web presences, right? Maybe you have a community, you have a career center, um, you've got your social presences, uh, maybe you have an LMS. And so as your members work their way through all of these platforms, how do they still know it's you? Right. And you can keep that really simple with, you know, well, our logo's on here and, you know, we have some, you know, kind of common things that we do, but there's a lot of degrees to which you can take that. I am having done this for 14 years, I am still blown away by how much difference matching fonts make. It seems like a small detail, you know, to change something from a default font, but it makes a huge difference that is a change that can really go a long way. And so a font, the footer, do your buttons have round corners or square corners. Um, maybe you have some other very specific design elements you you use in various places, uh, filters on images, maybe you have buttons that have arrows on them, that kind of thing. We can bring all of that into the community experience as well. I often explain it as we want if we were to compare your website to the community, we want it to look like a cousin, not a sibling. So we want it to be very clear that you're in the same family, but you're not confused about where you are, right? They're not so close that people are on the community site and they're trying to find a piece of information that is on your website or vice versa. Um, And then how do we pass people back and forth between these things? What is a logical way to be on the community, get back to the website, get over to the LMS? Um, And so we can do that through design elements and we can do that through the navigation.
0: I mean, I know maybe I'm somewhat unique in I have like the marketing background I have a degree in English Mm -hmm. and communications I've done some like design courses Mm -hmm. and such so for me like font Having your brand colors, having your the correct logo, having like consistency is something I'm always looking for. But it's not necessi- necessarily something that everyone is an expert in. So I think it's really helpful having when you're setting up your community, having that kind of guidepost of saying like, let's look for these items that can really make members realize that they're still within your association.
1: Yeah, totally. And and just some kind of basic prin- principles of. We don't want the entire thing to be text, right? We want, you know, where can we break up the text with some images? There's a lot of stuff within community that is just necessarily text heavy right? It's people having discussions, which are text-based. It's, you know, feeds of, of event listings and resource files and blogs. There's a lot of text. So where are the places that we can break that up? And then when you're doing not so much widget-related things, but just like a block of text, people don't need to know all of the things, <laughs> right? Like he, we very often get content provided to us to put in a site and you're like, this is real long you need to make this like two sentences not six if things like looking at the amount of text that's on there what's the balance of the page you also don't need to put all the things on the home page that's a, a thing people struggle with is you know what's above the fold how do we you know make our people see all the things there's a concept and design of the paradox of choice and i think this is the best way to explain it when you go to the Cheesecake Factory, Kelly, have you eaten at the Cheesecake Factory before? I,
0: I have, I have. Yeah. And I think I've heard this analogy too, so I'm
1: <laughs> So at the Cheesecake Factory, that menu is bananas. That menu is pages and pages and pages. And they have every food you could possibly want, every genre of food. You know, there's four pages of different cheesecakes, So you have to take the time to actually read through that and make your choice. And if you're like me, you probably like flip through, you get the overview, you come back to some specific sections, but it's going to take you a while to make the choice because there are so many choices to have. Conversely, if we walked up to a food truck and they were like, you can have a hamburger or a hot dog. Those are the options here. That's going to take you a second, right? So if we present everything on the homepage to a member that's like, Here's all your communities and the discussions, and all your featured contacts, and all of the events. And here's our journal. And don't forget to sign up for this and participate in the volunteer program all of the things, they don't know where to go. So they need our help to be like, what should I be concentrating on? What's the most important, you know, maybe instead handle it like we have one spot where we feature a thing and that featured thing's going to change, right? In this month, it's our volunteering opportunities because we're looking to get new volunteers for our committees. In this month, it's asking people to submit sessions for our upcoming annual event. So we can't Get everything in front of people, and so that requires making some some strategic decisions there.
0: I love that you compared it to the cheesecake factory. (laughs) The one I had actually heard, and the reason that um, I had heard that one of the reasons Trader Joe's is really uh, successful as a grocery store is because of what you just described. Like, because a a normal grocery store, you go in and there's like so many different brand options you can buy, like six different kinds of pasta. Yeah, there'll be like uh,
1: this whole wall of peanut butter. It's all peanut butter, but you know, this one has no sugar and this one has no salt and every variation you can think of.
0: Yeah. And I I also like that you kind of, the way you framed it, it's both this design choice, right? To not overwhelm um, the user by putting absolutely everything in front of them. But it's also, again, that opportunity to plan ahead and say, I'm going to showcase this thing at this time. And then I'm going to showcase this. And that I think keeps the community feeling really fresh for your members too, that they have when they go in, it's not always like here is absolutely everything the association offers. It's, here's the thing we want you to think about right now. Like maybe that's session proposals. Maybe that's a particular webinar that's happening or an event. And then next time they log in, maybe there's a different something that you're making sure they know about, like your job board or um, some kind of member award. So I think that's like an exciting way to look at it. Instead of seeing it as like a limitation, it's like this exciting way to say, you know, how are we going to create a fun new opportunity for the members? Well, and that gives them the
1: reason to come to the site if the site never really changes because it just has all of the things all of the time, I don't need to go so much, but if I need to log into the site or go to the site um, to see what does the association think is the most important thing I can be engaging with right now, then I have a reason to go there. It's, a bit of a personal pet peeve for me. I'll admit this when I come back to a site that we've designed a a year later, several years later, and it looks exactly the same. Like the, the, Images haven't changed out. You know, we we build them in such a way that they can just be switched out and and there's training for how to do so. And to be honest, my team doesn't have any different access level to customer sites than the customer. Like we can access all of the same things. Um, So I think just something even like changing the hero image occasionally or whatever just like can make a, a big deal for people.
0: I think pivoting a little bit to talk about, I know some associations, like their community is entirely separate from their website, but I've seen some really like highly successful organizations that kind of have their website and their community a bit more combined into one platform. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the benefits of doing something like that, of combining your community and website into one platform.
1: I love when that works out. And I think that it is a great, great for a few reasons. One, just one site to upkeep, right? Just one site to, you know, not updating the footer over here and then over here. So everything's in one spot. We can do a lot to control who sees what. We can do a lot with teaser content, which I think is really important in that context for, um, you know, showing where appropriate, showing a little bit of a discussion post before anybody's logged in to show what members are talking about. And, you know, maybe someone's going to see that and say, hey, I've got the same issue as well in, in my job, in my industry right now. I wonder what people are saying about that. And then to be presented with the fact that like, hey, there's a wall here because you need to be a member to participate. Maybe they see some names of some people that they happen to know within the industry. So you can kind of take advantage of that a little bit. It also becomes this one stop shop um, where you're just like go to this one URL. And that's, you know, all of the things that you can engage with our organization. Chances are most people on their public facing website, they have some resources that they're sharing openly with everybody, right? Whether that's a a case study or something else. And then they also have resources on the community, right? That are behind login. Maybe those things are more um, members sharing with each other. But I think that gets around the, oh, I'm looking for this resource. Where is it? What site am I on? Um, when, When we build the community right into an organization's website, search is also picking up all of that, right? So maybe the answer to a user's question is from a page that you've put out there but you and your team can also only hold so many webinars and so many events and put out so much research. So the answer to their question also might come from a discussion post where their peers are talking about something. Um, and so taking this approach of the the one-stop shop kind of brings all of that together for you know just a, a huge body of, of knowledge that's going to grow over time.
0: I really like the way that you've talked about that in terms of like having that streamlined tech stack and that cohesive member experience, right? Because you're not as a staff, you're not having to maintain multiple different things. And also, you don't have to know how to use like two different tools. It's kind of all in one place. Um, And then for the member too, like you said, if you're in the community, then you also can hop over and look at a webinar or look at a page about your member benefits or whatever that may be and the SEO value too that's a really good call out because i feel like and i'm forgetting the name of the customer but we definitely have a customer where their community like skyrocketed their SEO because obviously their community members were talking about things that were highly specific and important to their membership. Mm-hmm. So then having those keywords on their community site was drawing other people in who had those same questions. So I feel like that's such a wonderful use case, not to mention the streamlined tech stack thing. We also have a customer story on our website from I think IPWEA mm-hmm. that built like not only their their main site but like their event microsites yeah. using their community so that everything is like this whole similar experience for their members.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and there's just some UX that's just platform specific, right? Like search is a great example. How how search works in HireLogic, the faceted search where I'm can doing I'm doing a search and then I can narrow down by in this community, from this person, this type of content. That is a very particular style of search. If you're using various platforms, then the search on your public-facing website might act differently. And I think that just really brings it all together. And people don't need to learn two systems and how things are interconnected. I, I always say to customers, your members are never going to hear the term Higher Logic right like higher logic should not be the name of your community it should be yeah. <laughs> you know organization name connect or network or, or community or something and so it's very clear to everybody internally this is on higher logic it lives here it acts in this way this is our website it's over here it acts in this way you know, maybe they're connected via an AMS. Maybe they're not. Nobody else knows that, right? Nobody else yeah. knows how they're different or what lives where. Um, so let's get rid of that confusion by by combining them where possible.
0: That makes so much sense, and is also, I think, underscores the importance of design. Like you were talking about earlier, that you don't want a question coming from your members about why oh, I'm on this page and it's different than this other page. Why is that? Like, you don't want to have to explain Mm -hmm. to them, oh, well, we host our website on WordPress and we host our community on higher logic. Like that's not something you want. Yeah. Your members (laughs) don't need to be thinking about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, what would you say are some of the key website and community design trends that associations um, should think about incorporating or that you've seen kind of in the association world or even the the world beyond.
1: Yeah. I think one, one thing that we're seeing a lot and trying to drive people towards is getting rid of the carousel as a UX element. I find that it, it kind of becomes a little bit of a crutch, right? It's just like, well, everything that is important, it will get its own slide in the carousel. And then you come and look at the site and it is nine slides deep. Right, And nobody's going to be looking at all of those. And so the, the solution to how do we promote X, how do we get people's eyes on Y can't be let's give it a slide. I've also seen it become very political, right? I've also seen it become very like, well, advocacy has a slide. So membership needs a slide and, and kind of that whole thing. And so I think, Oh my
0: God, you're, you're literally (laughs) describing my experience, both with our community and our website. Yeah.
1: So I think the, the alternative there to the carousel is just to have like a really strong statement at the top. That's like, here's who we are in a couple sentences. Here's what this is, here's what the community is, what you should be doing here. We would often have two kind of call to action buttons there, like login, join, or login, more info. Um, so I think taking that approach is much stronger than this slide that nobody's going to sit through and people are like, okay, we gave a slide to this thing, check that box where it's not really that effective. Um, and and studies mm-hmm. kind of show that as well, that once you get past a certain number, you're, nobody's seeing that. Sometimes we'll also take the approach yeah. to that, that, you know, strong header um, we randomize. So maybe there's three different treatments, three different messages in there, but they don't move just whenever the homepage is reloaded, there's a different one there. So we'll do we'll do something like that sometimes too. I think you know we've been talking about this for a while. You know, kind of since the late two thousands when when social media became more of a thing. Um, but just leaning into that user generated content, I think there's some fear there. That's like no, but we want to copy edit everything that's on our website. We want to like vouch for it. We want to make sure that we're in control. But I think it's, if you can like trust your members to open that door a little bit and let people see what people are talking about and who's talking about what and the the frequency with, with which they're talking. So one of our customers, the Veterinary Hospital Managers Association, they- Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You
0: have a, a story for them on the website. Yeah,
1: yeah. They have both their website and then within the website their community on higher logic and my team designed that if you are not logged in and you are on the home page you can see a lot of the discussion content and what people are talking about and you can see with the timestamp on it that this was 30 seconds ago 5 minutes ago 12 minutes ago and like the VHMA team did not update their website 30 minutes ago and five minutes ago and 12 minutes ago. Right. But the the members have kind of showed what an active space it is. Right. And so you might, you might not be ready for that from like day one because you kind of need to build that engagement and see what's happening there. But when you get to a certain point and have a, a more mature community like VHMA does to kind of get that in front of people, I think is really valuable
0: that makes me think about how important it is, especially for the next generation of members that your organization is really authentic and seems like a place where they can just be themselves, connect with other members who are doing a lot of the same work as they are. And that's not a brand new concept. Obviously members have appreciated that kind of connection for a long time, but I think that authenticity has become incredibly important. And I think there's a appetite from consumers and from potential members and your existing members to not have to have this perfectionism. They would rather be able to really engage with each other, see what each other is talking about, and have that Access to really current information of things that people are worried about, like you're saying with the VHMA um, community where they can see like 30 seconds ago, this person was thinking about this thing that I'm also really worried about, which might be like new news in the space. It might be a question that comes up a lot. Who knows what it is, but it might I think it's a lot more relatable than for your membership that you know, these are just real people doing the same job as us. Absolutely.
1: And I think, you know, the, the VHMA example maybe doesn't fit as well here, but there's a lot of associations that their members are remote now. And so just on a very day-to-day basis, they've lost that connection of seeing their colleagues, being in the office, talking around the water cooler. And so how can the association and the association's community kind of fill that void? A little bit right where it's the you know, you're not just asking your colleagues around the lunchroom about a specific thing or how news is going to affect your specific industry, but you can ask a much wider group than that.
0: Yeah. That's a really great point. That kind of associations are in this perfect position to like fill that gap that exists now. Yeah, yeah I, I would I, say that for myself too. Yeah. <laughs> and I,
1: I often think of people who are more junior in their career, whatever industry they might happen to be working with. They're not necessarily the people that like get to go to the annual meeting or, yeah. or get, have budget money to attend every webinar or whatever the case might be, but they can engage in their own way via the community, whenever, wherever they want. If you think about, uh, depending on your industry, think about what their day looks like, right? If my members are teachers, they're in the medical space, they're not sitting at a computer all day, every day. They are on their feet, doing their jobs, in a, in a hospital or a school. You know, they, they don't interact with maybe like their email and their community in, this, in the same way that people at their desk all day might. I can think of an example where the community launched, we're having some engagement issues and in thinking about it and talking with the members, the solution to the problem was, hey, the digest email, it needs to come out at like 10 a.m., not in the (laughs) wee hours of the morning, because if you're a doctor, very first thing in the morning that you're doing early is you're doing rounds in a hospital. And Mm -hmm. so any email you get before then, when you finally sit down at your desk, unless it really grabs you you're just going to delete but if right. if you've act- after you've gotten back to to your office um and then you get that email after that like kind of crazy rush of the morning is done then you're in a better place to be receiving and engaging with that information
0: i think that goes back to something i read that you posted on the HireLogic user group community, which is our customer community, and it was about how the design of your site should be informed by the information you know about your audience. So like their demographics, their objectives, or even like you just said, their schedule. So I think using what you know about your members to influence your design comes full circle right there in the example that absolutely you
1: and sometimes I'm a little surprised by how many orgs don't have that information to be honest just about like how people would prefer to receive information um, you know what kind of jobs they're doing, what you know just all, all of that stuff can kind of be brought together to serve members in the best way
0: that reminds me too of like our the industry that my association served was a little less like tech savvy so there were things that we used to do that maybe other organizations might not do like I know, like, mobile design of our our emails wasn't quite as like imperative for us because we had almost none of our members looking at things on mobile. But I I wouldn't necessarily use that as a piece of advice because I think you're just better off like making yourself prepared for mobile. But I think you know we thought about I don't know if we thought our members were older, then we're going to definitely think about the size of the font that we Absolutely. use or. Or the contrast of the text, like that's where you, I feel like you're you're getting into more like access, accessibility too, which I think is really important for community design.
1: Yeah, all of those accessibility um, considerations are going to make the the site better for everybody, whether they happen to be using um, assistive technology or not. Sometimes um, um, organizations will have a big contingent of retired members, right, who are just like right. so super involved during their careers. They now retired, but they're still participating in whatever way. And so like, yeah, let's consider that maybe the font should be a little bit bigger and we should pay more attention to the, the color contrast. Um, and it'll it'll make it better for everybody. But those you might find that those are the people that have the time to be engaging in the community and participating in a different way and more of a, a mentoring type role.
0: Well, I feel like I've learned a lot and I really enjoy talking about uh, community design with you, Martha. I feel like it, I've heard a lot of tips that I think could really help associations. And as we kind of wrap things up, I'm wondering is there any are there any other like pieces of advice or thoughts you have about community design that you want to share with our listeners? Um, I
1: think one would just be to keep it keep it simple you know, concentrate on the user and and what they need so that it's not so much a distraction from the content, I think would be one thing. Also that your website or community or combination, however, whatever route you decide to go, it should never be finished. And people have a hard time f- hearing that because it is a checkbox on a list of like, okay, by the end of Q2 of 2024, we're gonna launch a new website. Launching it doesn't mean it's done you know obviously you know there's going to be some other initiative or priority that people's attention turns to but it should keep it should keep changing it should keep evolving as you get feedback as trends change as your needs change right like the the you know i think we saw over covid that events which may have been our biggest ticket item where a lot of our revenue was coming from all of a sudden didn't exist in the same way, right? And needed to get creative. And so like, did your site reflect that? Did how you were talking about things, what you were promoting, where you were promoting them, did that change? And so I think if you think about it, it's not like everything needs to be, Just so perfect out of the gate for day one when we launch this thing, and then we're gonna back away slowly and just just let it kind of coast. But more like, no, we need to get this up and running, and then we can, you know, we're gonna keep finessing it and incorporating feedback from there.
0: Thanks, Martha. I feel like those are really good trends for associations to keep in mind as they think about their own community design, and I really. I really like what you said about it not it never being done because I think that's something that, like you said, you maybe you're thinking about checking off a box, but that your community strategy and your community design is like an ongoing strategy that you put effort into. So, for our listeners who might not be familiar with uh, HireLogic Thrive Design product offerings, could you share a little bit about the HireLogic Thrive Design? website and HireLogic Thrive Design community offerings and kind of the process a customer would experience if they use those services.
1: For sure. So the first one you mentioned, Higher Logic Thrive Design website is meant for customers that want to combine their public .org site with the community. We have a best practices template that we've, we've built for that as a starting point from which we we personalize it with the customer. After the discovery phase, we move into a content phase. It's really important to us that we get eyes from the organization on every single page on the website It's the chance to really evaluate what needs rewritten what isn't the right tone for the organization what we can get rid of Um, we don't just want to like bring over all of this old content Um, so through that we're doing an inventory of of your current site and what the pages look like working through the information architecture migrating some of the content then there's the design phase where things are are personalized to the needs and objectives of the organization we're building that out in your your higher logic environment um, and then doing a training with the appropriate team members to be able to maintain and update that going forward and then we switch more into a support mode. For Higher Logic Thrive Design community, that project product is meant for organizations that want their Thrive community to very closely mimic their public-facing website. So, we're looking at the public facing website and identifying all of the key design elements that have been used there fonts, colors, the footer, what does a button look like? What does the hover state look like? Um, do you have certain filters? Do you have certain um, like background gradients that are used on things? Um, and we're taking all of that information to inform the community design and then bringing the community management eye to the table of why did you get the community in the first place and how can we lay out the pages, both the the public-facing page and then member home with the activity feed after the user has logged in. Um, So that's really driving people to what is important to the organization.
0: That sounds super helpful, especially, I think, for teams that maybe don't have the on-staff expertise or time to work on those things. I think it really helps having a team of folks that kind of do this every day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we bring to the table. We've done this hundreds and hundreds of times for different organizations. If chances are, if, if an organization says, well, we have th- this use case, how should we handle that? We're gonna have some, some examples of, of how it's been handled in the past.
0: Awesome. Well, Martha, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wanna say again, I feel like I've gathered so many great tips for community design and community management and just some stuff that associations can be thinking about.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Kelly.
0: And for our listeners who want to learn more about community design, we have a community lookbook of association communities that are built with HireLogic, whether they're built out of the box or built with some additional design elements, and we will link those to our HireLogic dot com slash podcast page, which I will put in the show notes on that page. You can also find recent resources for associations around marketing best practices and association management. So again, if you visit HireLogic slash podcast, you can find those resources.